When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to another episode of the Buffalo Happy Hour. Mike, what's going on? Dude, I'm home. I'm more comfortable here than I am in my own house, and I'm equally as comfortable in an Irish pub as I am here. Yeah. <laughs> I love this place. So we're with our uh, our boys over at First Line Brewing. So we'll start with introductions, and then we'll dive right into it. Yeah, yeah. I'm Michael Majorana. I'm 23 years old. I'm Shane Stewart. I'm 25 years old, and uh, we are the owners of First Line Brewing. Yeah. I don't know why we said our ages. Yeah, I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a job interview. Yeah, yeah. We're 28 years old, for the record. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm, yeah. I'm also 28 years old. <laughs> I didn't know what else to say, so I just threw in my age. So what do you guys do here? You guys are the owners, but do you have specific roles? Yeah, so um, I run more of the business end of the business, I guess, and help out with him brewing um, yeah, and, as and little I'm just, as possible. Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the head brewer and uh, social media and you know public relations, I guess you could say, so... We kind of do it all together, but we have our own little niche yeah. parts that we mainly focus on. Yeah. Um, but we work together with a lot of stuff. So talking about your age, you guys are young. Mm-hmm. But what was what did you guys go to school for? Did you go to school? What was the original aspirations on what you wanted to do outside of brewing? Yeah, no, I went to school for finance. Um, so like growing up, I always wanted to own my own business. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily know what that business was going to be. I always told people like, yeah, I want to own a business. And they'd be like, oh, what, what do you want it to be? And I said, I, I have no idea. Um, but at the end of the day, I just wanted to do something where it was my own or ours, really. Um, and yeah, if it was a brewery, I really didn't think about owning a brewery um, until we do- dove into brewing beer. But mm-hmm. uh, it's basically my background. Yeah, I went to school for business. And I remember in all my business classes, my professor would say, like, one out of three people in here is going to own their own business. And in my head, I'm like, that ain't me. I'm not going to own my own business. <laughs> so I originally got into sales um, in food service, and uh, my dad did, has done that forever, so kind of followed his footsteps. And then along the way, we just came up with this, and this just you know snowballed into what it is now. So never, ever envisioned owning my own business, but I'm very, very happy that we do. Yeah, look at you guys now. You're killing it. I wouldn't say that. But we're trying. <laughs> yeah, we're trying. We're trying. To, we're trying. So, so you want to tell people where we are for, like, the location? Yeah, we are um, at 4906 South Buffalo Street. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we're <laughs> at Orchard Park. Orchard Park, right next to the Country Club. Mm-hmm. Um, we're connected to beers. So this place actually originally, when we found it a couple of years ago, used to be a dry cleaner. Very small space, and we wanted to start small. So we picked this spot. 
rebuilt it. We were lucky enough to put an expansion on before we opened. And we're, I think we currently are operating the smallest brewery in Western New York. Oh, sure. At least I think so. I don't know if that's a fact or not, but. Yeah, I don't know. I've never been to one that's this small. We're going to be, it was even smaller. Um, The camera can't pick it up, but it was basically just this, this wall right here. Um, And we didn't, when we started this business or looked at this location, we didn't anticipate an expansion until like a couple of years. Um, But then we got in here, we set up the brewing equipment. There's a lot more that we needed that we didn't know. So thank God we had this expansion, mm-hmm. even though it's pretty small right now. Um, we squeezed a lot out of it, um, and we're very thankful that we did that because now we can even expand further um, and add more um, like levels to the building. And <clears throat> it was always in the goal of the business plan to start small, and then we needed to increase the brewing production equipment first, um, and then we were going to do another expansion, but everything just fell into place where mm-hmm. we're timing it hopefully perfect probably not where we're gonna get the equipment and the expansion at the same time so then we can fit them all in and then reopen so bringing it back to when you guys first started your local cat and Mm -hmm. how did you guys meet to then enter the brewing world because that is a pretty intense industry to just wake up one day and you're like i'm just gonna brew to this well i'm not actually from here i'm from philly i moved here in 2012 which was my sophomore year of high school and I met him through high school baseball, and we became friends during the team. We'd actually go to the gym together. Um, and then through high school, I was very close friends with his sister. After high school and college, we all stayed you know, stayed in touch, and uh, I started dating his sister, and then that brought me and him closer together. Yeah. And uh, the brewing <laughs> side of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, now we are engaged, so yeah. he's stuck with me now. So. Yeah. Well, that's good because if you weren't engaged and things went south, this business partnership Even if would be. If they do get married, or they are going to get married, <laughs> if they do go south, I don't know what the hell we're going to do. You're you're out. I'm man. out. Um, but yeah, no, I'm from Orchard Park. Grew up Orchard Park, West Seneca. So I've been in the community ever since I was born. Um, but yeah, it was really we went to the gym. We probably like hung out before you started hanging out with my sister, maybe a couple times a month, where it really was just the gym. Um, and then they started to hang out more, and then he was always at my house. Couldn't get rid of him. Um, and then it was initially during Bill's games. We'd go to Wegmans and do craft journal packs. Um, and then I don't know. That's what where it, the obsession of craft beer started. Yeah, because so, we were Bud Light guys. I, growing yeah, up, I yeah, growing up did not like craft beer. <laughs> I was never into craft beer growing up. I think a lot of the, the stigma around craft beer, which I think there still is today, mm-hmm. for people who haven't tried it, they only think of the super bitter IPAs. Absolutely. And that's the only thing I ever really tried and I didn't like stouts, I didn't like IPAs, so I was always just light beer all the time. And then mm-hmm. I think it was your idea one Bill's game, yeah. like, hey, let's let's get uh, craft your own four pack or something. So we started doing that every Bill's game and we would share each other's beers mm-hmm. and say yeah. and then we I started to become obsessed with craft beer and we would just drink it all the time. Yeah. And then it was his idea or his dad's idea. I think to it was get my dad's home idea kit. To Hey, you guys should homebrew. People homebrew. And you get these kits, and I didn't even know that was a thing. Mm-hmm. And, but, uh, but then we let we left him out, my dad, because he said we don't give him too much credit. Um, but he goes like, "Yeah, let's let's brew some beer." And then I brought it to you, and then we were just brewing one day, and he walked because we were still living at home at the time, and he walked into the kitchen, and he's like, "You guys brewing beer?" <laughs> and we're like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Dude, I've been wanting to do this yeah. for whatever for however long," um, and then that's just really how it started. We started brewing, um, and we didn't really necessarily start brewing in hopes to start a brewery anytime soon, mm-hmm. maybe down the road. Sure. But it all happened very, very fast. 
um, we kind of we had the logo, um, but we kind of kind of jumped it uh, early in social media posting where we posted the logo on our personal accounts. We didn't have a business account, mm-hmm. um, and then we got hit up by local distributors and um, convenience stores wanting our beer. And, we literally brewed a couple of times and we're like, okay, well, maybe we got something here. So then we really dove into it, um, understood, started understanding the science behind everything um, and wanted to put our patriotism and then the love of beer together and create a really cool atmosphere for people to come and hang out. Yeah. Um, so patriotism aspect of it, you're called First Line. What's the reasoning yeah. behind it? They, yeah. Uh, our family, we grew up in um, families with tons of service members. There's a wall over there of pictures of our relatives, our friends. We grew up in families that uh, serve and respect the people who serve. Mm -hmm. I'm a fireman, so Mm -hmm. when we were coming up with the idea, it it was funny because First Line came down the road. We decided we wanted to be, make a brewery. We were like, well, what do we want to do? We we don't want to be just a brewery. We want to have some sort of like cool aspect to it. So it was either like a Buffalo style brewery, which there already is one. And then we were like, let's do something that's patriotic. Mm -hmm. So we were bouncing around these names kind of like, not serious about opening up a brewery like you know when like a, a little kid makes a uh, lawn mowing service or something and yeah. they name it they come with a cool name and a logo it wasn't ever serious um it took us a long time to get that name i remember uh, we would text each other like every night just random names yeah uh, but first line that's it really means like we put america first mm-hmm. um and we respect those that put their life on the line for us so we kind of just I don't know. My sister tends to think that she thought of first she line. She named it. Um, she didn't name she it. She didn't name She'll it. She'll take that to the grave <laughs> with her. I was, me and her were yeah. sitting in her room trying to think of it. And I came back from the bathroom and I said it. And I remember. And she'll still say today, if she was here, she said yeah. she thought of it. So maybe He's, I'll just let her. He sent the name to me. I didn't like it at I'll first. Her, I'll let her win. Yeah, he didn't like it because he was like, like what's the logo going to look like? And yeah. that's where I was like. I was thinking of the flag, and I was like, well, what if we put the words underneath the top half of the flag, and um, I sent in the logo, and we were like, this is actually pretty yeah. cool. So then so, we had to check to see if it was available. Um, a lot of names that we did have was not available. So Yeah, what were some other names that you were throwing around? We actually had uh, – We don't like talking names. about them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our very first ever name um, was Minutemen, which is, you know, like the – People back in the day, the the, the militia, yeah, yeah. basically yeah, yeah. that's that was the original name, and we had like random logos we made up. We actually had a business account for it on Instagram. I think yeah. it's long run. Maybe it's still there if you searched. Yeah. I don't know, but um, then we found out that a brewery in Brooklyn, I think, has a big beer called Minutemen. So we were like all Where, bummed out. Maybe Sam Adams. I don't remember. I don't what know. It was. Either way, we didn't use it. But we didn't go with it. Thank God. I think it um, it would have been kind of you know different than what we have now we love the name we have we now loved, yeah. so this came out of nowhere honestly when that name was taken it kind of felt like the whole mission of opening up a brewery was like eh, whatever maybe maybe this just isn't worth it oh yeah so and I, we because then at that point we started to look into like the processes of getting a license and everything and it was like oh my gosh yeah. and it, honestly i say it to this day if it wasn't for the community's response when we posted that first thing like hey our dreams are to open up a brewery that does this and it's called first line brewing if it wasn't for that response we got in the newspaper for that in Orchard Park. Yeah. Yeah. And we were like, okay, you know, let's do this. Like, it kind of kickstarted. If it wasn't for that, I don't think we would have ever actually yeah, gone through it. Yeah, because on the business end, we can't do anything unless, like, get a license or anything unless we have the building. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to sign a lease if we don't know what we're doing or don't know if people like our beer. So it's kind of an upside-down process where you got to get the building first. got to get the equipment to send to the SLA that, okay, you have this specific area designated to brewing 
Um, so it was like a big commitment to do that. And then we're like, okay, well, hopefully we get approved for the license. So when looking at a building, we had to tell whoever it was, the landlord or whatever, that um, this is all conditional. And so if we get approved, then like, okay, let's go further with this. But if we don't, we really got nothing. Yeah. So it was, it was very scary. Um, we had a couple other locations in mind. Um, but Orchard Park is our home. We grew up here. We know the community. We pretty much know almost everyone that walks through that front door, which is really cool to see. Um, and we just like giving back to the community that raised us, um, necessarily if it's Orchard Park, but Buffalo in general yeah. and even the country. Yeah, so jumping all the way back to when you guys were homebrewing, mm-hmm. at what point, like you said that you were getting hit up by distributors and everything yeah. like that, but at what point was that, like, we really need to start doing this? So it was, um, we started to do, like, those homebrew kits, and it was for fun, and we didn't know what we were doing, and um, with the brewing process, um, and I remember vividly when we, it, it all comes around when we release it to the public mm-hmm. that we, and we did everything that we've done in this business with releasing information is always way too soon. Yeah. We put yeah. a coming no, no soon sign on the front us. door almost two years before we opened. Yeah. Once we got the really? building. Really? Yeah. Cause yeah. we thought it was going to go quick. Like, <laughs> and then we got like, in trouble what? with the village and we had to take it down because we covered the wall with the windows. The windows. Was it was just, yeah. So, so I remember we put that, we put that post out, got a big response and me, my fiance, him and his fiance went out to breakfast like the next day or something. And we're sitting down and we get a phone call from the owner of Consumers. And he's like, I love what you guys are doing. When can I get you and put you on a shelf? And we were like, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't know. We don't even, we have nothing. We have nothing right now. We don't have anything started. So that was where we were like, okay, we need to figure this out. We need to figure out how we're going to start this, where we're going to go. And the best way for us to do that was we started to have like weekly meetings with our fathers because they are experienced in business and they're also our dad so they gave us a lot of advice and we had to convince them to come on board with us and um after leaving them out for the first time yeah <laughs> yeah after, yeah after leaving them out. and then once they, we started to get the ball rolling with that that's when the the going crazy with brewing hit for, for yeah me at least. We, we had to convince them um it took a lot of convincing but then we started to produce pretty good tasting beer and we kind of like we're like okay we got something here well, that was the thing a lot of our family and friends when we told them about this venture they're like do you even know how to make beer yeah a <laughs> lot of like, people did not they were supportive of us mm-hmm. but they didn't really think we can turn it into something because we didn't have that background but we put in hard work to understand like what brewing was um and we're we're just chugging along with producing beers that we like to drink which is first and foremost is important to us if we don't like the beer we're not gonna right. make it so. Do you remember the first beer that you brewed and how awful it tasted? Yeah, yeah so it was yeah. uh, a, a brown ale, a maple brown ale. It was in a box. It was one of those kits. Yeah. I feel like that's a tough one to start yeah, with. I don't know why like, we did that. I think there was like three <laughs> options. We went to consumers and picked a box, and it was like the third option. Yeah, um, was it? Well, no, it was just a brown ale, but we decided to yeah. put our spin on it with maple syrup and make like uh, – because at that point, we were into like these brown ales and dark beers. We started so off we, drinking dark beer. That was like – I love Guinness. It's not really craft beer, but that's really introduced me into a whole different world here. Oh yeah, speaking my language. Yeah. <laughs> so so that that first one we we brewed it and we you know didn't know what we were doing, following the steps. Yeah. And every day we would go downstairs and smell the air we'd bubble. Check and be like, it. Oh my gosh, it smells. It smells yeah. like beer. It smells like you can smell it. It was um, it tasted like nail polish because yeah, we like added way too much too maple much. syrup yeah. and it affected the fermentation. <laughs> um, we were like, oh man, not good. Dude. We can I, I brought some home because I go home for Thanksgiving to see my relatives in Philly and we had three beers at the time. 
and all they were all bottled and I brought that one home and I remember my grandparents which are they're very sweet and they're very supportive but they tried that one and they hated yeah, it yeah. a lot of our families are honest too. <laughs> yeah they're very honest That's people, good though so yeah um, it's very good but yeah our first couple beers were uh, were like that and then we started to get into beers which funny enough are actually beers that we still have they're just totally tweaked and different like yeah one of our first ever beers that we loved was bitch and betty and that's not our, one of our number one selling beers now but it's totally different mm-hmm. and that's a funny story that real quick when we used to do that we used to brew it it was a blueberry ale and we would uh, boil down blueberry juice and add it into secondary to get purple flavor lots of blueberry flavoring the beer was very good the problem was when you're bottling, you have to use priming sugar and everything. Bottles were exploding. We would pop, open them up like a waterfall would come flying yeah. out. It was nuts. We have a funny video. Of funny it. videos was... of me like super excited to crack open the first yeah. one and it skyrockets. <laughs> I'm the, like putting my mouth over it. It's the worst feeling because home brewing is pretty intensive. Uh, but then we had like a hundred bottles or like fifty to hundred bottles of this. We opened the first one. It's exploding. We're on oh, to like we the tenth bottle, and it's we still so exploding. Sad. I'm like, okay, well, we just lost this batch that we put so much time in. I was but, exploding them into like cups to just save some to, try to, to it, yeah. drink because it tasted really yeah. good but uh, we had a lot of instances like that yeah we live and we learn but <laughs> i remember the first time we brewed a beer that tasted like beer um it was our version of our alpha bravo citrus and i remember i came home he was already at my house and i came home and he's like dude you gotta try this and i had a sip of it i'm like holy shit this tastes like an ipa like we did it oh my gosh we're really us. doing it we're harry doing it. we're doing it <laughs> we really did it <laughs> um, but then ever since i had that i was like okay we can we can figure this out mm-hmm. so it really came it really started off just from trying to understand the process just from these homebrew kits to then taking the jump into which i'm sure a lot of people know all grain compared to extract mm-hmm. getting into all grain having no idea what we're doing with that and then taking the time to really learn and getting to know, which I'm sure we'll talk later about, getting to know people in the industry who've helped me understand so much of this science and everything that if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't even be, we wouldn't be able to produce beer like this at all. Mm -hmm. So it's just been a lot of help from people and a lot of grinding from us two to to never brew ever to being able to open our own brewery within a couple of years. So, And we got to give credit to our family members. Um, We've been uh, crediting our fathers, but our parents, our sisters, our uh, mothers, and everyone has pitched in, especially um, during operational hours of helping serve, host, mm-hmm. and everything. If we didn't have them, we wouldn't be where we're at today. So and we're building very, this place up, too. I mean, you should have seen everybody working in here. It was it was like a sweatshop, basically. <laughs> everybody <laughs> yeah. in here. We, we were, like, yeah. so cheap back in the day when we were so far away from opening. We wouldn't even turn the AC on because we didn't want to pay for that. And it well, was it's, yeah, it's tough summer. because you don't have cash flow coming in until we're open, right. and you can't be open until we have the license and everything and that's not going to be able to be obtained until we have a finished product here so it was a couple of years of um just grinding it out but we're still we're still up for the challenge and there's a lot of motivation and desire to produce something that um we're proud of mm-hmm. i think that really goes into the drive that we have i'm getting fired up because yeah. <laughs> because i mean realistically like we're in the same boat too because like yeah. you to start this, you have to start with absolutely nothing. Yeah. So to just consistently not give up and just be like, we got to figure this out. Like, there's yeah. got to be something we can do to take the next step. And learning everything, especially with the town and the village, like, what was the process? Like, was it all trial and error, mm-hmm. or did the like your par- your fathers come in and kind of give guidance on like, hey, 
the town looks at A, B, and C, so knock this yeah, out. Or was it just straight up the town showed up? It was trial and error. It was trial okay. and error. But still is. The best part about Orchard Park, <laughs> still the is. village in particular, which we are considered the village, thank God, the village board is awesome. The building okay. inspector is awesome. I call them up anytime, ever since we started till now, I'll be like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Can I do this? He's like, eh, no, or uh, yeah, but you got to do it like this. Mm-hmm. So they're great. They tell you exactly what you need. But we had no idea. Like we would sit down at these meetings and we're like, "What do we even need to get a license?" Yeah. Oh, well, you got to go to the federal uh, TTB license as well, and you got to do this and this mm-hmm. and this. And it's like they have never opened their own business; they've just been in business. Mm-hmm. So it was a learning experience for all of us. Mm-hmm. But um, diving into it was was crazy because we had no idea all the craziness and the crazy rules that the SLA has. Yeah. And all the yeah. forms. It's yeah. tough. It's a tough business to get into. There's we're, a lot. We're not, we weren't even allowed to brew in here when we had our equipment mm-hmm. until we opened. So we barely even got to use that system, really, yeah. until, oh, we, yeah. until we got our license. Which was crazy because obviously the community is just waiting for the, the clothes to turn to open. Yeah. And then yeah. as soon as that happened, it was like the floodgates. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, where's the beer, boys? Yeah. And they're like, yeah. give me like 20 minutes because yeah. it's still finishing. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. you ran out of beer. Yeah. Yeah. So then everyone's like, well, first line's like closed, bro. Yeah. And we're like, for what? And they're like, they ran out of beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, well, that's a good thing, right? Yeah. And they're like, well, kind of, but like, it's we want more beer. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. well, f- hold on. Like, let the guys figure it out. Like, yeah. they're brand new. So we're, we, when, before we opened, we had like this, this idea. We're like, okay, well, as soon as we get our license, whether or not the building is completely finished to open, we need to start brewing because we know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. We're going to open this door mm-hmm. and we're going to sell out of beer that day. So we had like... I think we brewed like 16 or 18 times to stock up kegs before we open. And that weekend alone and the following weekend, we were going through so much beer. We just watched our keg inventory dwindle to the point where me and Mikey would go in the cooler, grab a keg, and we would come out and we'd be like, dude, it's it's not looking good. We're scared. We're like, dude, we're going to have to close down. There was, I think, one time we we squeaked it out somehow. (laughs) Yeah. There was one day out of us being open from August until November of us actually having to close down on it was on a thursday too like we stayed open that that weekend but we closed down on thursday to double batch mm-hmm. and just get more stuff because you know brewery is not like a coffee shop your your yeah, product takes time. over a week to right. to make and we can only make 45 gallons of it so when yeah, you have yeah. a full tap room an outdoor patio and a line of people out the door waiting to get in it's a little stressful. It's, it's, we're very appreciative, but we're also terrified. Uh, so hopefully this I new... I love the honesty. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, hopefully the new equipment's really going to help us. So right now we're jumping from a one barrel to a five barrel. So, oh, nice. Um, we're really, really excited. Um, and I want to go on the record and say, like, we're running out of beer, but we're brewing literally six days a week. Every day. Every day we get in here at 6 a.m. We get out probably at, now that we're canning, but probably get out of here at 6 at night yeah so it's literally we're trying our best to keep yeah, we're trying i don't want people to think that we're like slacking we yeah if you there are certain people and i wish i knew who it was but they've seen us back in the early days when we were open we actually had a blow-up mattress in here yeah and me and him would get in here so early in the morning to brew that while everything was heating up we would go back to bed yeah and we really? were so early yeah. to get this stuff done because i mean we're a new brewery number one in a very competitive market with beer we're in Orchard Park, which is a very competitive area when it comes to quality of things, like restaurants and bars. Mm-hmm. I mean, the people around here, they expect quality. And if we're open up and we got two beers on tap and there are two least-selling beers because that's all we have left, mm-hmm. that I don't want that impression on us as a brand-new right. business. So we were doing everything we could to keep 
that tap list full, and we actually were able to have eight beers on tap the whole time. We somehow yeah, we squeaked it out. Yeah. We did it somehow. I don't know the, how. The best is when we had, like, we took holidays, and we were brew on holidays, and we were laying on the – we didn't lay together on the on the mattress. We took turns. We no, no shame. Yeah. No shame. It's fine if you do. But we had customers come to the door, and they're knocking on it because it's locked. And, like, I get up, and, and I literally just us. rolled out of bed. I have no um, shoes on. And they're like, hey, you guys open. I look like a complete mess. <laughs> I'm like, no, we're not. We're opening tomorrow no. or whatever. And but. the blow-up mattress was so funny, too. It was one that I had when I was a little kid, and it was blue with, like, these purple polka dots. Yeah. And it was just in the floor in here. And anybody who would walk in, we had customers that would be like, yeah, I stop at beers for my coffee on my way to work. <laughs> I look inside and I saw someone sleeping. I'm yeah, like, yeah, we pretty the, much live here. The yeah. best is when we have like um, someone from the village or coming to check us do something, oh, yeah, and we yeah. see them coming, and we grab, grab we it. wrap up this and just chuck, chuck it, it out, out the back, the back yeah. door because we want to look somewhat professional. Yeah, it's but. great. So, when you guys finally got this place, mm-hmm. is that when you quit your full time jobs, or at what point did you stop working? Because you went from doing a home brew to brewing seven days a week. It yeah. was literally not sleeping. It might yeah. surprise you. We both still work full-time. Seriously? <clears throat> but yeah. we're lucky enough that we're remote with COVID. So COVID helped us sure. in that aspect. So yeah. like during the day, if you were to stop by here Monday through Friday, we have desks in here that we roll in. Our work computers are here. Um, my job is a lot more flexible where I can just focus on the brew days. Mikey is on his computer pretty much the whole time. But we're still doing that right now, which has been helping us because we have not paid any money to us because mm-hmm. we're with COVID. I mean, it's a scary time to open sure. a business. We need to make sure that the business survives and we're building an expansion and we're getting new equipment. So we're growing um, it. We're, we're growing grow it. We're putting everything that we get back into the business right now. So we are still grinding with our full-time jobs and hopefully, you know, when that expansion is built, um, we could do this full-time. That's a dream. Yeah. So yeah, we still work full-time though. Wow. That is insane. Yeah, yeah. man. It's, it's, Honestly, God, it's 13 hours days that we have. Yeah, pretty um, much every day. But, I mean, we, we were both – we played sports growing up. Yeah. So, I mean, that drive and, like, just training and practice really helped us from an early age to develop a work ethic, which – and you guys probably know from doing mm-hmm. your own business that you got to have the ability to want to work even off hours when you don't want to, um, which is something that we both told ourselves. We're like, dude, we got to – we know it's going to be a grind. we got to commit mm-hmm. – I don't think we thought it was going to be anything like this yeah, because no, this is like a that. lot more. Um, but we're both not going to – I think he likes it too, but we're both enjoy- – oh, no, it's just us is- two. So we both enjoy each other's company. Yeah. We have a good time in here when we yeah, want to cry because we're just Absolutely. exhausted. Yeah. It's, fun. it's funny. I mean, we're we're in here. We're dead in the morning. We come in. We don't even talk start- to each other for at least an <laughs> yeah, hour. At least an hour. <laughs> but we're just laughing the whole time. Like every everything that we do in here is like – funny we make it funny even if it's like a stressful thing like yeah i think seeing the how things have gone motivates us to continue to really like bust our ass like the fact that we are able to put in this big expansion within four months of opening is so much motivation for us to just continue to get up every day at that time and like yesterday we closed but i was in here brewing and doing all this stuff all day we, so we also want to not to cut you off but we also want to please our customers because yeah. we understand that we have a line out the door um granted we have x amount of tables in here so we want to put in and um maybe we, we're not jumping the gun on the expansion but we want to have a place where people can come in and actually sit down mm-hmm. and not wait an hour like that we recognize that we want to have more beer to sell well we're also open we want to have cans to go which we weren't we couldn't do that because we were running out but 
that helped that helped play and jump the gun. I have one more question about the startup process. Okay. So the you guys getting into consumers or that whole part of it. How did you logistically do that? Because you're not licensed. So we never did room. it. Oh, you never did it. No, no. We never did it. It was just the the fact that someone serious like that saw an gotcha. interest okay. yeah. drew us towards that. So. It, we, it basically gave more drive. Yeah, it, it, gave, was, yeah. it was like, yeah. okay, I mean, this, we have is, something here. this is something. This isn't just like, you know, Mikey and Shane's brewing company where no one gives a shit about it. Right. It's the, it's the branding that got us to that point where we're like, oh, my God, someone wants to stock our beer. Mm-hmm. This is serious. We could, we could do this, so let's give it a try. So that's really where yeah, it all came and going, from. Going off of that, we yesterday was – no, to Friday – we drove to Aurora Brewworks for mm-hmm. our first ever like retail spot. That oh, was sweet. Uh, we put in Yabba and Boom Toasted, um, and I think you posted about it maybe yeah, a year there, ago or two years there's ago. There's a little. There's a really cool story. It's a very surreal moment for us, especially me. Our first ever business meeting together, talking about opening up a business. I picked him up. We went to Aurora Brewworks. We sat down. We tried a bunch of flights. What beers do you like? What do we not like? I have a notebook at home that says Minutemen on it still. And it has all of our meeting notes. And in that meeting, it was back in 2018, we said in five years, our dream would be to have one beer on a shelf in here. And this past like Thursday, I think, Royal Brewers hit us up and was like, can we stock your beer? So we got to actually deliver the beer to them on Friday, see it on the shelf, take pictures of it. And it was like- We I saw the table that we sat at. Yeah, too. we sat, we saw awesome. the table that we really sat at was cool. right there. And it was like, it was just such a crazy feeling to, to actually see our product with these crazy labels on a shelf in a retail store. I mean, we never thought we would make it no. that far. I mean, it's not even that big of a deal when you think about it, but to us, it was just like, I remember that being the first talk of a brewery was there. Sure. And then there we are back two years later, putting it in there, so. So when you guys found this spot, we talked that it was a laundry spot before. Yeah. What was it like occupying this spot before the expansion mm-hmm. and just changing it from a laundromat yeah. to a brewery? It was, dude, it it, was we funny. came in, um, the walls were pink. The ceiling was white. Yeah, it was, it was the floor, ugly. The floor was this really ugly tile. I mean, we hopefully can, our landlords aren't listening to this. Yeah, no. Are, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. We love, we love it. it. We'd go back anytime. But um, you barely made modifications, yeah, yeah. Mr. Landlord. Yeah. It was, Shane and his father came in first. And then my dad found this spot. He he comes here all the time because I grew up right up in Eagle Heights. Okay. And so my dad, when he would go to work, come that come by this way, grab a coffee. He knew Dan yeah. and George, which are our landlords, and he saw that the laundromat was not here anymore. And this is when we were looking for a building. So we, we had a building. Spot. We had a building in Elma. And um, it fell through. Fell through. <laughs> thankfully. Thankfully, this, yeah. This is a lot better. We like this a lot better, but. Um, I remember we walked in, or I walked in, and I looked at this place. I'm like, what the hell is this? It was so it was, small. It was so, like, we had to try it. We, we, we had to. We had an envision. Okay, the bar's going to go here. Mm-hmm. The brewing equipment's going to go there. We had to really, like, figure it out, like, the um, dimensions of it. But we didn't think it was going to turn out to this, I think. Uh, we envisioned it more being, like, a glorified cool finished basement bar where you have some standing room people are hanging out having a couple beers to get us to the point where we can make enough money to then grow somehow sure we this place was literally our brewing equipment was going to be up against this wall so you would have had probably from where mikey's sitting to the bar of room yeah that's it so it's like 10 feet at most and we ran Mm -hmm. with it so this place we have pictures we'll post them someday but we had our whole families in here. We took every single ceiling tile out. We spray painted them all black. We went through like 95 worst cans. Worst, worst, worst <laughs> we, it was in the like middle of the summer, degrees. middle of the summer, 
getting those things out and getting them back in is a pain in the ass. Yeah. And then yeah, it's a drop ceiling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. And yeah, we man. worked on. We had to sand all the glossy finish off all the trim work in the whole place. Yeah. And then the next project we did was just because we were so eager was we built that flag on the wall, that yeah. cool uh, wooden flag that we had oh, yeah. in front of the wall, and that took like a whole weekend with uh, us and you know the whole crew put it up. And then it was just like a slow process. We put the flooring in eventually. Mm-hmm. We painted the walls, and we, then we built the bar by hand. Everything in really here is yeah. all done by by our family. Where did you source the bar top? We built it. Yeah, we built it from Lowe's, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we built Jeez. this whole It's in three bar. pieces, I think. Yeah, there's three. Div- if you look closely, this okay, is like so, yeah, this so is kind of three. like our little uh, masterpiece here. It, yeah, yeah. Now that stunning. We're, now that we're growing, it's like yeah. uh, you know, it's it's. We wish it was a little bit bigger, but like even the stone it. finishing on it. Like, what was the, what was the design technique for that? So we back when I lived in Philly, my we had a finished basement, and my dad built a bar in the basement that was similar to this with the stone idea, and we wanted to really be rustic mm-hmm. look in here. So we came up, we were going to do all the, the metal first, but then we were like, let's do these stones. So um, my mother, who is also handy, she was the one, her and Mikey, I wasn't here that day, they were cutting all the pieces and putting them in. And they did the same thing on that pole too. Mm-hmm. So it's been, it was a full teamwork project, this whole place, everything in here besides the, the frame of the expansion. We did the whole ceiling, all the wood up there, installed all the wood, the damn, the all the drywall, everything, everything that you see in here, we built. Which, we had time too. Yeah, we had a like, lot of time because we're waiting for years. the license. Sure. So we're like, okay, let's make it. I mean, we're hopefully going to make it the best that we could or a nice finished product. But we really took our time with it because we have such small place that we wanted people to walk in here and be like, oh wow, this is this is cool. I mean, a lot of people do come in and say like, well, you've done a lot with the, the space that was given. Yeah, um, no doubt. Which is cool. But we're ready for that expansion. Um, have a second story, which we're really, really excited oh, about. That's going to be sweet. <clears throat> yeah. So we've talked to a lot of homebrew clubs, mm-hmm. and it seems like the homebrewing community is pretty large. Mm-hmm. So what was – we talked about the licensing. <laughs> we talked about talking with the town. What are some other aspects that you guys had to go through that was a little bit more challenging than you thought to so, start up this whole spot? I think the biggest thing uh, for us, which is why we always – we've talked to kids our age that, you know, they have a dream of opening up a brewery. And our only recommendation, which I don't even know who gave this to us, is just start as small as you can mm-hmm. because we didn't come from someone giving us a shit ton of money. This right. was not like... Money is probably the biggest thing because this is a very expensive business to get into. So we had, we brought our dads in and they gave us a little bit of money to help us buy our brewing system and one fermenter. Gotcha. So that's, we had that in their basement for a while. We started, we were home brewing using that and getting to know the system. But other than that, everything that we put into this business and the time and the money was personal. And it was, we actually ran a Kickstarter campaign. A Kickstarter campaign. that really helped us out. It was, this whole business was probably based on the success of that. The Kickstarter was huge If, if we for didn't us. get that, we probably would have found another way, but we're really blessed that mm-hmm. that helped us immensely. Can you explain that? So what was, what was the Kickstarter? Where was it? And so we, yeah. the Kickstarter campaign is a crowdfunding website. A lot of small businesses, a lot of local breweries have done this too. In, in Buffalo, a bunch of them, like Community Beer Works did it. I'm pretty sure Rusty Nickel did it. Um, so basically what you do is you create this platform, you create a video, and you get people to donate money in a period of time and they get something in return. So it's not like a GoFundMe where it's just like, here's money. Mm-hmm. It's like, here, let me get you 20 bucks and I'll get a t-shirt or something like gotcha. that. So our biggest thing is that we built this following of people 
way before the Kickstarter. So then when we released the Kickstarter, we already had this big fan base. And not, I don't want to sound big. cocky. We, not a big <laughs> fan base. We had a lot of people in Orchard Park, family, friends, and the community that, that already knew who we were. Because we had the building before the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. So, so they were rooting for us. They wanted a brewery in sure. Orchard Park. Yeah. I mean... So if you go, there's not, not there's not a lot of things in Orchard Park. Yeah, there's nothing to do in the village. I mean, you, there's two restaurants in there, but other than that, we're the first brewery that's ever opened in Orchard Park. Oh wow! So mm-hmm. um, it's kind of shocking. I know. That's what yeah. we always say. We got a plaque. Yeah, we I have think. a plaque over there, um, um, and we're just like, holy what crap! What's it called? They give us a. Um, I don't remember. Some legal term. <laughs> <they gave us. laughs> a, pl- a proclamation. That's what they gave oh, us. Oh okay. So, but yeah. So the what we did is we created this. Um, we really just marketed this video and Mm -hmm. I I worked for a while to create this really cool video explaining the business and how it is important to the community and how it helps veterans and first responders and it's still out there yeah it's still if you go to kickstarter.com and type in first line brewing you can watch the video and that was back when we were brewing in the basement yeah and this place was we didn't do anything here that was yeah. when it was still a laundromat so you can see you the can original see what it looks what it looked like. like wow um we released it on fourth of july too which yeah. kind of like goes well with sure. our brand so that day dropped we it on the fourth of july so nervous oh yeah but it was um then we went rewarded. in the orange park parade and we were running up down the street giving we had these little business cards that said kickstarter and our business and then there was a qr scan code so you could like literally take your cell phone mm-hmm. scan it take you right to the thing and then you could donate sweet so we had to hit like I don't even remember. I, I think our original goal was like $15,000 or something that we wanted to raise. And you Kickstarter only lets you do that in a certain amount of days, 30 days. If you don't hit that mark, all the money goes back. To the, oh, interesting. Yeah, you don't get anything. So, so we wanted to hit. We wanted to have a number that was attainable or realistic because we needed something. Yeah, so we, what about all the shirts and everything that you sent to those people? So you they guys, got them. Yeah, everybody. No, so we hit that. We hit the mark. So yeah. we went way over. We ended up with like, tw- it was like $22,000 or something oh, wow. that we had raised. It, and we raised all that money in the first couple of days too. Like the the rest of the month was stress free. We were like, wow. holy shit! Good for so you we guys. got all the extremely, shirts. Extremely like, grateful though. Like we, honestly, God, like we thank everyone that donated. That um, was the craziest experience because you're sitting there. We had it linked up to our cell phones on the app, and you get a notification and just says new backer, and you mm-hmm. and you're like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And you click on it, and you know sometimes it's five dollars or sometimes it's five hundred dollars sometimes it's a thousand it was an adrenaline rush it was like, yeah. now we understand gambling <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah seriously you guys it. took the ultimate gamble yeah. it was yeah. uh it was that was crazy and that really helped us um move forward yeah, with so a lot of the things you. we had to pay for so it was but like you were get back to what you're saying about the home brewing to getting into mm-hmm. professional on the brewing side scaling something up is is you know difficult if you don't know mm-hmm. what you're doing um, but it's not that difficult, honestly, if you if you understand like the different equations and stuff like that to scale something. But the biggest thing to get from homebrew to commercial brick and mortar commercial mm-hmm. is you either got to get a loan, have a business partner that's got a shit ton of money, or you got to do what we did and grind it out and start as small as you possibly can. We started on a laundromat, yeah, so as or a dry cleaner as small as you possibly can, and that's our only advice for people who are just a home brewer and don't have, you know, a million dollars in the bank. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it took, Shane really dove into understanding the brewing process, but like, it was kind of cool to see, okay, this is what I've learned from school and college. Let's see if I can put it into the real world and I'm um, writing business plans, doing forecasts and everything. Um, kind of just helped us and 
terms of like being legit, not just being a homebrew, but okay, you have a business plan, you have a business account and everything. So that's also very important to brewing. Um, as we've told people in the past, like you have to have people in set roles, even if they mm-hmm. don't may not like, like that role, you need to have, okay, I'm going to go to Shane for the brewing. I'm going to go for myself for the business and you can have your inputs, but it's very important to have people set and do their own thing. Mm-hmm. Like for example, when we first started off, <clears throat> Mikey was still in college. I had a full-time job. So I was, I obviously had a lot more in, like spendable income. I was broke. We I had were, nothing. He wanted so, to buy this like equipment. I'm, yeah. I don't have money so, right now. So I got to pay for gas. He wrangled me in a lot because I was like going to the brew store and buying all this unnecessary shit that we didn't need. Still does. And I <laughs> still do. Still do. Right out. Still yeah. do. No, but keeping the boy so, grounded. So yeah, he's like to. he. We work together well because I like to take risks on things and like be very like. We gotta do this. This is very important. Yeah, and sometimes it's right. Yeah. Sometimes it's right. We balance each other and out. Some, and then he's like, "Dude, we can't do that." And then he wrangles me back in. And then there's other times where I'm like, I have to convince him. I like, need it. Yeah. Like, like, like this we gotta right do step. this. Like yeah. This we have. Look at the numbers are right in front of you. We gotta do it. So mm-hmm. we we work very well. I focus all on the brewing. He focuses on his thing. But we're very cool with each other putting mm-hmm. input in. Like if he's like, "I don't want to do that beer again," I'm like, "All right, let's do something else." Mm-hmm. Or if I say to him like. You know, maybe we should switch up our uh, apparel company. Yeah, we can look into other stuff. So it's like, it's, it's all about having roles. Like you said, you don't want to have mm-hmm. two or three head brewers right. in a startup yeah. company because they're just going to butt heads constantly. He trusts my, my, uh, you know, what I know, and I trust what he knows when it comes to finances. Sure. If he says we should not spend money on this, I'm like, okay, I trust you. So. I think that's probably the most underappreciated thing about business is the relationship between business partners. Uh, because your business, if you guys have a toxic relationship or start to develop one, your business is going to fold. Right. So we always make sure we're in line with each other. Um, there's been times, like, we argue, obviously, like brothers, but um, that's necessary in order to be honest with each other. Mm-hmm. So I think just first and foremost, first line is really about us working together um, because we wouldn't be able to move forward if we weren't both on the same page. Yeah. We've always had this motto of we, we'll never make a decision that's important without both of us agreeing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if we don't agree, we don't do it. Yeah. So Interesting. So, oh, go for it. Thanks, Dad. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> so who has helped you outside of, like, family and friends in the industry to get you kind of, like, your equation squared <laughs> away or um, distribution? And, like, who – where do you source things? Like, did you talk to somebody? Like, hey, where do you get this hop? And things like that. So the biggest thing for me was, um, like, I, I knew a, a good amount of brewing um, last year, you know, before COVID hit. And once COVID hit, I didn't have a whole lot going on. Like, work was very slow. I mean, restaurants were closed, and I worked in the food industry. So we had nothing going on here. Construction halted on our first expansion, so I had nothing to do. So I had met and talked to the head brewer of 12 Gates in the past at different shows and conventions and stuff. So I was just like, you know what? Let me hit him up. I know he's brewing. I got nothing to do. Maybe he needs a hand or an assistant or something. So I messaged him. I was like, hey, man, you know, I got nothing going on. I would love to come over. I've never brewed on a professional scale like what you guys are doing. Would you mind me stopping over and checking out? He's like, yeah, no problem. We're brewing tomorrow. Come by. So I went, brewed with him, helped him do the whole brew day. We connected, and then I would keep going back. He would hit me up. Hey, I'm brewing today. You want to come over? Yeah, sure. I'll be there. So while I was there, I'm picking his ear. I'm saying, hey, you know, why did you do this? Why did you do that? What is this 
what does this do to this compared to the other way? And he was very good at explaining things to me. And he really helped me with the idea of scaling from a home brew to a real mm. brew. Because my one of my biggest things was how do I get this beer that I really like that's three gallons, the same ABV, same flavor profile, everything on 45 gallons. That was the biggest fear. And I did not know how to do that because we – we were still never brewing full capacity when we were using that equipment in his basement. We were doing 20 gallon batches because why are we going to brew 45 gallons for ourselves? I mean, I love beer, but yeah, that's a lot of beer just to sit on. We didn't have a lot of money to spend. So he really helped me understand brew schedules, mm-hmm. um, pitching yeast, maintaining yeast, maintaining uh, fermentation perfectly, you know, things that I could not even find online yeah. techniques that he knew were very important. That was kind of like his schooling. Yeah. A lot of guys go to ECC or some brew course and mm-hmm. um, Shane had the audacity just to go out and ask someone like, hey, can I just because follow it's not you? Because it's not a simple, a simple multiplication at all. No. the the There was this one equation that he, he showed me that was literally like, you know when you're like trying to figure something out and the light just clicks mm-hmm. on your head, you're like, holy shit, it makes sense. Yeah. The, he showed me this one thing one day and I called Mikey when I left. I'm like, dude, I figured <laughs> it out. <laughs> So it light flicked on, and I'm like, dude, this we got this. I understand how to turn all of these into this. This mm-hmm. is what we need to do. And, and then after that, me and him, once we like started moving in here, me and him stayed in touch. And I, if I had a question, I'm like, why is this not doing this? Why is this not doing that? He'd come here. I would call, talk to him on the phone. I'd go there and still help him. We did collabs together. We did it. We brewed together a bunch of times still while we were open. And it's just really bouncing around the brewing industry is a lot better than reading something online True. from like, you know, I'm not saying home, home brewers are probably some of the, you know, most talented brewers out there. I don't discredit them, but dealing with someone who's in the industry brewing on a schedule to maintain, you know, taps is totally right. different and having Matt and um, the guys from resurgence, Jeff yeah. and Drew are great. And uh, John from Buffalo brewing, mm-hmm. we've brewed with him. Mm-hmm. They're all like, these guys in the industry are just Russ fantastic. From Windy Brew. Russ, yeah, Russ is another great contact we have, yeah. and they're all just—it's great because now we're at the point where we all bounce ideas off, off of sure. each other, and and they're like, "Oh, you, you're doing it that way. Well, next time, like, try this." And I'm like, "Okay," and it, and it works. It makes sense. So it's it's crazy to see um, like us interacting with these business owners because we've been patrons to their their places and going there and. Now we're talking to them and we're like, holy crap. Right. Yesterday I was at Resurgence. He was at Resurgence the other day. Um, and they're helping us out with like cleaning kegs and stuff. Yeah, you can see our kegs. And we saw in our kegs in their brewing area while I'm eating a burger there. I'm like, this is nuts because I was literally here last year and this was not even a thought or That's awesome. trying to be a thought. So before we go to the next section, though, I want to talk about the beer that we just drank because yes. we got through the entire glass and we didn't even talk yeah. about it. So, <laughs> so do you want to talk about what we have yeah, right now? Yeah, so this is, uh, we don't have this beer available in cans right now because um, just you know with how we've been releasing beer but two weeks it's coming yeah it's coming it's coming back out this is hops of freedom it's uh it's an evolution of a double dry hop new england ipas that we've had since we opened it originally opened with a different name and then we found out a brewery had that name so we switched it to hops of freedom um this is basically my fun experimental new england ipa where i use different hops each time and i really get to enjoy and and experiment really with these new hop strains that are kind of hard to get sometimes um and different techniques with hopping and dry hopping and you know during active fermentation or during you know once the yeast is done it's 
this is kind of what that is. Okay. It's a it's a very smooth New England IPA. It it's it changes um, each time we do it, but it's been one of the number one New Englands that we have here when we're open. Um, so people are are happy with this one. We we have a Sergeant Hops, which is just a basic New England IPA. So um, this is kind of Sergeant Hops on steroids. Yeah. Where we wanted to be able to throw in just a crap ton of um, hops different hops and play around with it constantly there's a lot of hops in here but you don't taste it really yeah that's the smooth that's what our customers seem to like when they come in here the people who don't really like the real hoppy stuff Mm -hmm. we use a lot of like the tropical aroma hops um that's kind of what our new england's are um so we i have different techniques of of dry hop methods and how long i keep them in there to keep like the more tropical flavor and a little bit of bitterness but not overbearing bitter and get the hops out sure. and then condition it so we this is kind of like you know my brewing baby that i like to just keep working mm-hmm. on so this that's is, awesome this is very good yeah thank you so when you started we, we talked about this too when you first opened this place you were primarily focusing on tap right yep mm-hmm. so what was that transition into cans and what was your first can that you made who did you use like well, mm-hmm. to design it and all that stuff yeah it wasn't a fun process <laughs> we don't have a canning machine <laughs> So we're like, okay, we're shut down. We gotta. We well, no, gotta we, talk, talk about how we originally got the cans when we opened the crawler machine, and, and then how it switched over. We anticipated. Yeah, a we yeah we shutdown. had the candy machine, um, the crawler machine, and we we're like, okay, we know we're gonna get shut down again. We just have a mm-hmm. feeling. We bought a crap ton of cans. Um, we we sold maybe a handful of uh, crawlers to people, but then we realized that we couldn't sustain both businesses of takeout and um, taproom sales. So. Um, we were waiting for the shift, and then the shift happened where we're like, okay, we got a designer. Um, Tom Kavanaugh is Design Sarcasm has really helped us out. He's been great with helping us. Uh, we basically release a new beer almost every week, maybe two weeks. Yeah. Um, so he's really, really good. Uh, and then we got, it was kind of more of like, holy crap, we have our own brands now that we can have a label to. Because we had Yabba, we had um, all of these beers that were like, okay, we have a little design on the beer menu. Um, but it was seeing them on a beer can that, for me personally, kind of put things into perspective. We're like, okay, this is like this is our baby. Yeah. Whereas in the glass, it, it's the beer. But I'm always thinking about branding and creating more of our logos um, and types of beers to first line is very, very exciting. Yeah. Um, but the so going back to the candy machine. Um, we have people come in, our family members come in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We're here canning. Um, we have it's all crazy. different jobs. We run <laughs> through crazy. like a little line. We do probably like 103 four packs a night. A night. Um, is that it right over there? That's yeah, it. Man. Is that the what is October. that called? October. Yeah. 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 I see yeah. that on Instagram all the time. Like so, yeah. I guess people want me to start canning. People use it. <laughs> people you use it for like yeah. No, we. It was the craziest thing because we while we were open, we had this, and people were like, "Can you get yeah. a can?" And we're like, "No, we don't have any cans." But we did have cans, but we knew there was going to be a second shutdown. And there's a can shortage. There's a can shortage. It's very sure. tough to get cans right now. So, I remember about a week before the shutdown, we were like. There's going to be a shutdown. There's going to be a shutdown. And I remember sitting in here the day, Cuomo was on TV, shutting us down, and we literally walk out to the shed, get all the yeah, cans, like, okay, we've and we hand-label. We still do. We hand-label every single can, mm-hmm. and we started hand-labeling and hand-labeling. It was crazy because like that, we switched from being open to having to have over a 1,000 cans canned in three days because wow. we 
we were going to be open on Thursday for takeout. Yeah. So it was crazy. It's totally, our business has completely flipped over. But we have, like we've been saying, our family who is always willing to be here with us at night canning to help. Because if it was just us two. Oh my gosh. It would take us forever. Uh, yeah, we would. I'd probably You're bringing out. the mattress back out. Yeah, yeah man. Honestly. You're labeling on that mattress. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, the, the canning has been, it's we're, yeah, worked. And we're, also, it's worked. we're also very blessed that people still come in and buy four packs to go um, because without that who knows what would happen but um, yeah people are still coming out people are still supporting still buying beer um, I mean it's a nice industry where you can go and buy like beer is amazing it's fantastic so well, who, the decision behind a 16 ounce okay what's that all about because yeah. there's people that are like I don't that's that's a hell of a lot of beer yeah. <laughs> you know so like what that's just like I think that's where the industry's moving like yeah. when you just we, more beer yeah, yeah. When, we, when we were thinking about getting cans like when we before we opened because we ordered the cans and everything before we ever opened our doors mm-hmm. you go to any brewery right now except for maybe a couple of beers at like 12 gates and every brewery uses 16 ounce cans right Everyone. but it's wild because like the commercialized side of it like Bud Lights or, or Bud they're still 12. Yeah. they're all 12 yeah. Yeah. and you're like what's like is that the distinct difference between craft and a commercialized yeah. beer? Be, yeah. Like, yeah. is that what the industry wants? I don't know if maybe that's, like you said, that's just like, this is distinct, distinct like a tall craft beer can compared to a, a short Bud yeah. Light. I don't know. We, we didn't come up with it. Yeah, Because, <laughs> like, could you imagine if, if whiskey did that, where they're like, we're only selling 1.75 liters? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, really. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we're just not doing 750 yeah. milliliters anymore. It's, that's weak. That's Bush League. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. people would just get off the, like, they'd just be on the floor. Yeah. I we don't know. understand. I, honestly, like, <laughs> we don't I don't really like it. I'm a big boy. I like my beer. I was so. just like, I was just like, well, I've been drinking 16 ounce cans for, I don't even know how long, so that's what we're going with. Yeah. I, I, like, the, I like the look of it, too. Um, I don't know. The label is like, bigger yeah. um i don't know it feels good in the hand the 12 now if we've been so used to drinking 16 ounces that when we jump to 12 ounces it feels smaller less sure. beer You're like where's all the beer We're, exactly yeah <laughs> we almost actually switched to 12 during the can shortage but thank god we never did yeah. um because we we love the 16 and ounce also bit. the equipment the october the compatibility is for 16 ounce uh, oh, okay. so okay. we can't cool. switch to 12 ounces yeah, yeah, so you're stuck. it's like yeah, 16 sold. or 19 i mean we could jump to 19 but <laughs> i don't think i've ever had a 19 let's start it right yeah. now <laughs> um so <laughs> yeah so doing new england ipas ipas uh, yeah. pilsners ales those are typical but when yep. you look at this like the one that you just released you have the um boom toasted yep. and the yabba yep mm-hmm. what was the thought process behind that the I mean, these are different from what you would see normally. Yeah, so we, I remember exactly what happened. We were brewing some test batches back before, long before we opened, actually right before COVID hit. Um, and we had this really great New England IPA that was in the conditioning stage. And I don't know where we came up with the idea, yeah, I but know. I was just like, I was like, I don't know. It's maybe like fruity pebbles would taste great. We, we tried the base beer and we're like, okay, it's very tropical. We're getting fruity aromas. Um, and then, yeah, I don't I know. just ran to Tops. I don't even know if I told anybody. And I I just came back with a bunch of boxes of cereal. We put we it in. We soaked it. We just soaked we it soaked in soaked it in a glass. glass first. I pulled off the fermenter, filled up a glass with the beer, put the Fruity Pebbles in the glass, let it sit for like 10 minutes, uh, filtered it out into another glass, and we tried it. And we were like, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, when we had that really first sip, we're <laughs> like, there's no way we just did this right now. Yeah. So then we were like, okay, I'm going to go get more cereal. We did that batch. We loved it. It was crazy. I mean, I gave some to my friends, and they were just like, this is this is weird. This, mm-hmm. is, not, this is, like, very good. But oddly, yeah. like, when you tell someone Fruity Pebbles in an IPA, they're like, what? 
But then when they try it, I mean, maybe they don't like it, but a lot of people have really liked Yabba. And then Boom Toasted was our second rendition of doing that. Mm -hmm. So it was the same exact scenario, but this happened while we were open. We were in here, and we were just trying to come up with a new a new beer to do. So we took a base beer that we already had in a keg, and we poured it in a glass, put Cinnamon Toast Crunch in the glass, let it sit, filtered it out, and we were like, this tastes just like Yeah, we crunch. always like to constantly uh, change our tap rotation. That's been big for us is, like, we've been to breweries, um, and sometimes it's just the same beer on. Like, we want to have a place where people can come and there's a new beer on. Um, so it's, we're always experimenting. Mm-hmm. I don't know necessarily how we got into cereal. Um, I guess we're just two big cereal guys. But, yeah. It was just kind of like a niche that we wanted to get into. Um, you know how, like, right now the world is sours, fruity oh, sours yeah. everywhere. Yeah. yeah, We have never released a sour because I don't know if it's, you know, dumb on our part or not, but customers will ask me, I say, well, if I had a sour... 90% of people would only have that. Sure. They'll mm-hmm. never try my IPA. Mm-hmm. They'll never try my Blondale. They'll never try my Stout or my Spike Seltzer. So I want people to come in here when we open and like our beer. And then we're going to release a sour. Right. We will at some point. And then once we have that, then our customers that already like the stuff we have, then they'll be like, oh, my God, a sour. Let's try it. But if on yeah. opening weekend I had a sour, everybody would have bought that. Yeah. So we wanted to have, like, this is our niche of a cool, trendy product where people are like oh my god fruity pebbles or cinnamon toast crunch in a beer that's Mm. crazy i gotta try it so we're obviously not in the industry but Mm -hmm. when you look at other breweries do they make something that have more of like a fruity hops to it and call it a fruity pebble or do they mostly use like a cereal i don't think a lot of them i don't don't know i don't want to speak for anyone but a lot of them are bigger where you're um it's going to be spending a lot of money for that cereal to put into the beer so i think um, we kind of be like, okay, not necessarily we care about the margins, but we also care about having a good product. So we sacrifice just, that just to have a good, delicious beer. It's just wild that you actually brew this with Fruity Pebbles. I, I didn't think that. Yeah, I, I know that there are there are other breweries out there that do cereal beers. I don't know off the top of my head of any Buffalo ones that consistently do it. I know that um, I think Riverworks had a cereal beer release at one point but it was not a state like a staple gotcha. um this is just kind of like our thing we wanted to have this and our spike seltzer mm-hmm. are kind of like our and our blueberry are like our niche beers that people come back for constantly and then we have a great list of you know ipas and all that stuff but the cereal was just out of nowhere for we, us yeah and we also don't want to be known as the cereal brewery sure. like we have good ipas right. we have other stuff um, yeah that's this kinda, is kind of just a, been a hit with people that they just really like it and you can go down such a rabbit hole with different cereals. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> we, we're talking with Tom about all these new ideas of, of mm-hmm. uh, cereal beers down the road that we can do. But um, let's it's crack one, one of these open. Yeah, yeah, sure. Let me get you guys a fresh oh, yeah. glass real quick. Now I'm fired up. Yeah, yeah man. I drink these for breakfast. Dude. I hope you guys don't have anything going on because we're already in an hour. We yeah, have no yeah. time restrictions. We're, so yeah, we can we're do good. this for four hours. I'm I'm good. Whatever. Let's do it. <laughs> this has been literally the highlight of my week as we Same. All right, so you want me to take your let's do yeah. We just talked about yeah. Do you have a first? All right, uh, you're, you're this one. Yeah, yeah. I'm already hammered. <laughs> Proud of you. <laughs> Proud of you. All right, we're doing good things. Yeah. So this has been brewing Yabba has been a really fun journey for us. Our biggest problem with I might need to get another can. Honestly. Yeah, dude, you filled it up so high. Just <laughs> like some man Yeah. We're talking I about sixteen ounce I need to taste. I need to taste. Let me give you a little bit of mine. 
because I had way too much in my glass. That's good. There you go. Thank you. All right, so this beer is one that we <laughs> brewed for a long time. The canning right now is is causing us to push things out so fast because we have three days to really get it done after the beer is done. So there's so many things that we want to critique about it, but this is kind of just what it is. I wish I could let it sit longer. We don't have the luxury. We don't I don't have, have the luxury here. of letting it really sit and age like a, you know, a, a normal New England IPA. How long Literally, do you normally age them for? Literally like a, a week and a half, if that, because we can't do it any longer than that. Is that because there's thirsty people waiting outside? Yeah, yeah we need that for mentor space. Yeah. So we're like, gotcha. okay, okay, I'm pushing him. I'm like, dude, we got to get this in kegs. Well, we have, we released a double batch of that on Thursday, and it was sold out by the first hour of Friday. So mm-hmm. that's two batches Gosh. of beer. These people need to relax. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, cheers, boys. Cheers. cheers. cheers man. Thank you guys so much. Cheers. Thanks for we having appreciate us. appreciate it. Of course. That's super Just light. like fruity petals. That's super <laughs> light. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's, that's good. It's bizarre, man. It, what's cool for us is to see, especially not even Yaba, but like Alpha Bravo Citrus really hit home for me because we've had that beer ever since we started home brewing. Oh and now we walk through the tap room or the outside and we hear our customers ordering like Alpha Bravo or Bitch and Betty and we're like, this was in our heads when we just started. Right. And now we have random people ordering it. And yeah, but it's just really surreal. Kind this cool. is this is fantastic. The fruity notes, the fruity pebbles are very upfront, mm-hmm. yeah. And then it lingers like the ending is all that New England IPA. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is very delicious. Thank so, like you. the one thing that I, just because I'm very picky about the beers we put out, the one thing that I wish we could do is just let it age more. If I had this beer when we were open, it would age more because mm-hmm. we weren't cycling through it as much because it right. was people getting glasses rather than buying seven four packs of yeah. it at once. So, like normally this beer would be more creamy it would have more head on it but right now it's having to oh my gosh we just added the fruity pebbles this has to be in keg in two hours so that we can get in cans tonight so that we can sell it tonight Mm -hmm. type of thing so it's unfortunately people are liking it which is good it can be not complaining but it's It's gonna get usually when we are open it's usually a lot better i like this but it's we're in the craziest situation Mm -hmm. right now because we're so small and this demand is too high is not built for to-go beer mm-hmm. yeah that's why we never did it yeah so now it's like holy it's shit endless, i just brewed this really. i just brewed this beer for the past two weeks and it's sold out in four hours yeah. mm-hmm. but it, i mean it'll allow you the opportunity to create like yabba g2 so it's like the exactly. second generation of yabba and then yeah that'll be a simple label mm-hmm. not to give you ideas i'm just yeah i'm still balling yeah but, maybe yeah. Love but, ideas but yeah so it's just like yabba g2 people come in it's super easy to order and then they, they get the aged version of yabba yeah which would be sick yeah well, with yeah, our definitely. new equipment i'll be able to like do a double batch, two five-barrel batches. One batch, they both age. One batch hits cans, 100%, mm-hmm. like 404 packs. The other batch, straight into kegs. Just, just a quick 404 pack. Yeah. Dude, that's going to be so weird to see. <laughs> and then we'll be able to, like... we're used to, like, 40. <laughs> yeah. So it's are you not, guys going to continue doing to-go four packs? We want to, yeah. but mm-hmm. we're not going to can ourselves. Yeah, no. Yeah, so we're going to hire, like, Revolution. I don't know if you guys have heard gotcha, of them. Yeah. It's a local... Uh, mm-hmm mobile canning company until we can in. get a canning line um, right behind me under the eagle root envision to have like a big um, refrigerator so if people come mm-hmm. in they can come grab a four pack to go um, not necessarily know when that's going to happen because mm-hmm. we're so focused on just the indoor mm-hmm. um, but once that does happen and we can maintain both sides of the business of indoor and outdoor we, we want to do that because yeah. i mean we're next to a convenience store so it actually works out well we have a lot of people that come up um, stop next door and they want to come in have to go beer um so we really want to help or play around with that kind of customer 
off question, how many times have you quoted Happy Gilmore by saying my fingers hurt when you do the cannon labeling process? <laughs> Dude, I complain every single time. When I tell you the canning process, you better wear your yeah, you're crappiest soaked. clothes. You're soaked it in smells beer. Like beer. Your hands are freezing because the way we do it, we do it through the tap lines like you're filling a growler mm-hmm. or a growler. So you're pouring it's overflowing. My hands are like 32 degrees. <laughs> yeah. And it's just a grind because we've been here since 5 a.m. Yeah, we're brewing. We're working our day-to-day jobs. And then at night, our families show up and then we do yeah, the camp. Yeah, and they're like, want to have a good time. They're all excited. They're we're all happy. M- and we're they're miserable. Like, Why are you guys so like, grumpy? And I'm like... Because we get here, the n- it's dark out. We leave and it's dark and out. It, me and Mikey, every night when we leave, we're like... See you in five minutes. Yeah. See you in five minutes. It better be worth it, pal. Yeah. <laughs> you just get in your car and slam the yeah. door. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's uh, we're very lucky. On it, we could say it a million and million times. We're very yeah, we lucky to have lot, them, we're really fortunate. and we're very lucky to have this business. I mean, our our parents are like my mom will take and his mom will take cans home on their free time and pre-label them for yeah, us, so nice. we don't have to worry about doing it. So we come in, cans are ready to go. All we got to do is sanitize them, fill them, seam them, and go. Mm-hmm. So it's uh it's been a weird transition, mm-hmm. very very weird. I honestly forget what it's like to like pour a glass of beer. Yeah, because we used to we were the bartenders when we were open. Sure. And is that I why have, you just poured like a forty ounce pour? <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Exactly. I have to tell him like, dude, we don't have a lot of beer. You gotta settle it down. So when you guys are open, do you sell food normally? Well, yeah. What's the food menu like? Yeah, full food menu. It's it's over there. Really? I can't yeah, remember. we got burgers, um, chicken Who's sandwiches. Who's doing the cooking? We subcontract out. So next door they have a kitchen. Um, that's connected. Oh, cool. Um, so we have our own cook and everything. So it's a really cool I didn't know that. The food is fantastic. It's good, yeah. People we, rave about the food. We have Philly cheesesteaks. Um, Hell yeah. Different types of fries. We're Fried gonna, pickles. We have some things in the works um, that we want to, we can talk to you guys yeah, off some, camera, but mm-hmm. sure. um, new business, or new um, ventures. Food, yeah, food, and new food, food items ventures. that are going to be coming. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're on the first line side, so we'll yeah we could talk off camera about that, but it's super um, exciting. Yeah, man, we're excited. I mean, I'm a big food guy, so I, we wanted to have a place where people can come drink and then also have food. We didn't envision honestly starting this business. We were just going to have beer, just have a tap room, um, but we both we worked out a nice relationship where we can offer our customers um, food so they can stay longer and drink more beer, have more of a place where they can come and eat and spend the whole night here mm-hmm. rather than just grabbing a drink and then going find a new restaurant it's so wild the first thing that you guys said is you got to start small mm-hmm. and now you're like expansion <laughs> all this know. beer all I'm this stuff. You though, <laughs> if we there is absolutely no way in hell that we could have started what we're yeah. trying to do now Mm-mm. we had like i mean we had help from our families and the kickstarter and everything but we had nothing to do any of that we barely did this we barely were able to do just what we have right now Mm -hmm. and we're just very lucky that with the couple months that we opened that it was we it was nuts we would have people the whole parking lot would be full of people standing outside on a waiting list Mm -hmm. for in august september we're me and mike you're looking at each other we're like we have people waiting outside. Yeah, we were bartending and just look to the left or the window and we see a line and we're like... I'm not even kidding you. The entire parking lot, there's no cars here. The whole parking lot, people standing and waiting. Oh people were waiting for and two hours And we felt terrible. Sometimes. We were like, dude, we want to like turn over these tables as quickly as possible. But, I mean, the people were staying. Like, I'm not going to go kick out people. Yeah. Um, so that's why this expansion, as I keep saying, is very, very big because we can have more tables in here, more chairs, um, properly social distance, if that's still a thing, where we can not have to resort to going outside. We're still going to have a new beer garden. Yeah, big um, beer garden behind the expansion, which will help a lot. But we're excited summer. to get back to that. This summer is going to be sweet. This yeah. summer, I mean, we're going to have 
the second floor. We're going to have outdoor patio. We're going to have a huge garage door in the front. We're going to have live music all the time. I mean, you know, permitting whatever's yeah. going on. But um, we're very excited for the It's going to be like maybe a, this August when we opened was a teaser mm-hmm. to what's to come. Nice. And now it's like a whole new thing and a whole new venture that we're both excited for mm-hmm. of when that's new equipment's in, when the expansion's complete we're ready to go like it's a whole new challenge that we want to overcome because we're both very competitive so we want to be like okay let's let's we did it the first time let's try and do it again the second time yeah so we're we're very excited yeah that's awesome yeah so social media let's plug in social media where are you guys what sites yeah we're on facebook and instagram as personally brewing we do have a Twitter account. We, 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 we don't really use go it. on it. Same as it us. is so yeah. funny. Everybody <laughs> that we talk to, they're like, we have yeah. Twitter, but whatever. Yeah, we, yeah. So mostly, mainly Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, first line brewing. Um, that's where you can find all our releases, um, the hours, depending on if we've sold out or not. Um, but yeah, really, we're going to wait until we're open up a little bit to have a website, but everything's working on Facebook right now. Yeah. So I feel um, like that's where a lot of people go. Like when I go, yeah. when I go out to a brewery or restaurant, I want to see what do they have. Yeah. I go right to the social media because personally, like for dinner th- things, I like to see the plate. Right, like me too. Pictures. Yeah. I go on Yelp and look at food. Yeah, Yelp's good too. I look at the pictures. But yeah, I'll go right to Instagram. Like if you're going to like, say New York Beer Product, they they're great with taking pictures of the food. Mm-hmm. So I could be sitting down at dinner there and be like, I don't know what I want. Let me look through here. Oh my god, that looks amazing. I'm gonna get that. Yeah. So that's kind of where we're hitting social media hard as like our website. Um, we post constant too. So. Um, that's kind of our connection to the community or our customers mm-hmm. that are through there. Cool. And then hours. <clears throat> um, so if somebody mm-hmm. wants to come in and buy beer, like when do you guys open and mm-hmm. what days of the week so yeah. that they kind of know? Well, they sleep here, so any day. Yeah, man. <laughs> Essentially. You come in, I'll give you a four-pack anytime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, so right now um, we're Thursday to Saturday for it to go. Okay. Um, but then we're going to do... Um, Thursday to Sunday when we resume indoor dining. Okay. Um, and then possibly with the expansion, we're going to push to Tuesday to Sunday. So we're going to try and add more hours as possible. Um, but it will all be set in stone when, when in a couple months when everything finalizes. But gotcha. before anything happens or before we leave, I want you guys to try Boom Toasted. This is probably the best rendition of it. You guys can try everything if you want. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot that we have to discuss anyways off camera, so okay. yeah, we're, we're good to go. Perfect, man. We, well, got, well, we got a couple minutes. Let's try this on camera so we can tell, pe- well, yeah, tell relax, the people. Relax, Dad. <laughs> Don't worry. Everything's fine. Ooh, this is light. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm excited for this. What uh, what kind of beer is this? A lot. So it's, a, it's an ale. Nice. It's um, an ale. And, you know, just like the other one, this is part of our cereal series. So, Dude, smell this. You want to take these? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It literally yeah, smells like you just opened the box of cereal. Yeah. But again, that goes back to your process because I think that the fact that you guys are putting Cinnamon Toast Crunch actually within it's it. It's legit in it. It's not a yeah. substitution. Yeah, because anything. you can do like grain and cinnamon and call it Cinnamon Toast yeah. Crunch, but you guys actually do it. It's just like it, right? It's 6.8%. It, it, tastes oh like, it tastes like the milk when you're done eating it, Yeah. yeah. but you'll get obliterated off of it. <laughs> yeah, this is this is 6.8%, so we're going to play around with this one. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, we're not playing any games, I'm right? stumbling off the camera. After this. <laughs> okay, so... We'll just we, go next door and get yeah, something quick. Yeah. Yeah. We always round out this section, so what's next for you guys? We talked about the fermenters. We talked about the upstairs. Is there anything else that you, we didn't talk about that's next for you mm-hmm. that you're excited to announce? Yeah, so we have... Um, we've been doing a lot with, with some Buffalo Bills players. Uh, we did a charity with Reed Ferguson. Nice. Um, 
Oh yeah, tell tell everybody who Reed Ferguson is because we got listeners all across the country. Okay, Reed, yeah. Reed is Reed's our the man. boy. He he comes in here, you know, for the season. We haven't seen him since uh, after the season ended, but he would come in here, so very supportive of us. He would mm-hmm. buy a ton of four packs, give them out to, you know, the players in the locker room, give them out to the staff. He lives right down the he, road. Yeah, so he constantly drives by and like. We wave to him. I don't know if he likes yeah. us waving. That. So he's the long snapper for the Buffalo yes. Bills. Yep, 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 long snapper, and uh, he's been great. So he's we, hilarious too. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah a good, funny. he's a good guy. He, <laughs> he'll just we'll be in here cannon, and he'll just pop in and be like, "Hey, what's up?" And we'll yeah, we load pack, him up so. with some four packs. But um, I think what was it? November and throughout November and December, we donate to a charity that he's um, found of. I guess it's okay. Veterans One Stop. Um, so we did our total beer sales. We did a portion of that, and we donated um, at the end of December. I think we donated thirty three hundred dollars. Good for you guys. That. Yeah, I mean, nice. Um, we're we're small as you guys can see, so we want to attribute as much or contribute as much as we possibly can. Um, so I was very excited. This is the whole the whole business was built upon giving back to the community. Yeah. So we want to be authentic. We want to have a charity um, and constantly donate and better the community as best as we yeah. can. Which is cool because you guys have the name of First Line, so people immediately think that they're supporting something, yeah. which yeah. you guys are continuing to further that. So you're yeah. saying that we will support oh, we these will. It's yeah. very important yeah. to us. It's, it's awesome. all the businesses um, built on, right? 100%. It, it's kind of like uh, something that we're proud of is that during this all of this craziness that's going on in the world that we've continued to, even with all the restrictions, not we kept giving back the whole time, yeah. no matter what. There was, I don't know, maybe like five or six charities we worked with. Mm-hmm. We did a really cool one that we were super proud of for uh, 9-11. Mm-hmm. We did for uh, Steven Siller, Tunnel, Tunnels to Towers organization. And that day we sold a beer called Never Forgotten. It was a Blondale um, with lime juice. Very good. And we gave 200% of the proceeds to the charity. So, like, customer pays six bucks. We'd we match pay that. six bucks. Wow, good we for gave. you. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, we sold, like, a hundred pints or something that day. Yeah, yeah. So it was uh, speak my language with the pints. Yeah, <laughs> it was uh, it was cool. So that's kind of our thing. But you know, like like you were saying about future future things, we're mm-hmm. uh, we're actually doing a collab with uh, the punter Corey for yeah. the Bills. So we're going to be doing. He's figuring out what charity he wants to do. We're going to be releasing a really cool beer with him, and the name is hilarious. He <laughs> loves it. He's a real nice. cool guy. He was in here uh, two days ago. We talked about it. Um, it's gonna be we, what the beer is gonna be. It's gonna yeah, be, it's gonna be a stout. stout. He likes stout. He loves stout, so, so it's gonna we're be some gonna be doing something with stout. that. It'll be in cans unless we're reopened by sure. the time um, that happens. But other big news, I guess you know, just our reopening is mm-hmm. gonna be mm-hmm. really, really big for us because we're we're going from a little a little brewery in your hometown to a. I feel like we were more of an actual business at that point, having so much more space, professional brewing equipment a second floor, a huge beer garden. I mean, we're just super, super stoked to take that that leap. And I don't think a lot of people know about the expansion. Mm-hmm. We posted a picture about... Yeah, we never really talked we about We never it. really explained to people about <laughs> it's it. It's kind of just going to happen. We'll explain. We, <laughs> this is done now, so like, wander that way. Yeah. <laughs> We've explained to some customers that come in, um, but we haven't really posted it on social media. But So we're, we're very excited for that, and we're excited to try to you know, keep some of our beer in Aurora Brew Works, you know, when we can do it. Yeah, um, so stay just, with us for the next two months because yeah. it's just going to be to go, but we have bigger plans yeah. that we're waiting for. And we, we have get, a lot of beers, a lot of beer, exciting yeah. new beers coming out with crazy can labels, and we do have a very exciting collab coming up mm-hmm. soon, which 
spoiler alert is our first ever sour that's yeah. going to be released nice. so we're actually going to be doing that in the next two weeks with a, a local brewery so we're very excited about that awesome so well you guys are talking about this summer being huge for you we're juiced yeah. already yeah man we're, yeah. we're very excited thank so you. thank you guys so much for being on our show we really appreciate it this beer us. is fantastic they do everything the right way so please come check them out first line brewing in orchard park right next to beers and you guys are awesome so thank, thank you, you very much appreciate thank it. you thank you guys thank this you. was awesome you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.